because it's fun. It's fun to do bad things. 24-7 Comedy Radio. I want to do horror stuff with my friend. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon, America's leading online retailer. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Silver Lake, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone, welcome to the Green Room Comedy Podcast on SeanTGreen.com. We're doing it live here in the Silver Lake Studios, which are particularly warm today. I was, uh, yeah, it's just hot, man. I don't know where this weather came from. We're touching 100 degrees. It's weird. It's weird to have a 100-degree day here in October. It, it just takes you back. I don't know. It's Last week was pretty cold, too. Or... Yeah, I'd like to, uh, like to welcome on my left-hand man, Mr. Logan Lysico. Logan, how are things, man? They're pretty good. <laughs> All right. So uh, what have you been up to, Logan? Give, give the, give oh, the by list. By the way, last week, I, I just have to say something. I didn't say it last week, but my greeting, I change it every time. And last week I said, hey, now. That's because I was watching the Larry Sanders show. That's what Hank Kingsley says. Yes. Just want to let the fans know. All right. Give him, a little, give him a little back information. I like that. A little backstory on uh, Logan's catchphrases. Now, Logan, uh, give us a week in review on Logan. What have you been up to, man? Uh, well, I started running, which is great. I feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> now, how often have you been going running? Um, I went today and yesterday and uh, like mm, skipped a couple days before that, but I've been running. Now, speaking know. of skipping, I did, see you, uh, I did see you actually doing a little skipping the other day. You asked... Uh, you go, hey, do you guys want anything from Taco Bell? And then you went to go get Taco Bell, and you had a couple skips before you started walking down to Taco oh, Bell. Oh, you know what it is? Every time I go down steps, I do that. I don't know what it is. I, like, <laughs> jump off the last two steps like I'm some weird little kid playing on stairs. Yeah, I don't know. That's right. probably what you saw. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I saw. And, I, <laughs> and uh, our, our roommate Chris goes – That's a great mood. I mean, Taco well, yeah, Bell you're going to, about to be in my belly. You're going to Taco Bell at 1130 at night. Why wouldn't you be high on life? All right. Well, I'm high on this next guest. He has a uh, comedy CD out on iTunes called Why Things Are Weird, and he's also one of the hosts of the Fort Podcast. I'd like to welcome on Ed Galvez. Ed, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. No problem, man. Appreciate you coming on. Now, you host a podcast yourself called the Fort Podcast. Mm-hmm. A little different, a uh, little different format than uh, most podcasts. Can you explain that to the listeners? Um, basically, we uh, we we get in. Uh, basically the most famous person I can get that week, uh, which sometimes they're, they are kind of famous and sometimes right. they will be. And, <laughs> and it's, it's, We have a similar booking process here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we, we love to have you, Ed, but... Uh, <laughs> no, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know, a couple of A-listers don't email you back, and then Ed Galvez is on the podcast, but future A-lister Ed Galvez. <laughs> well, thank God they didn't, because I need the attention. Exactly. Uh, um, yeah, and then we, we do an interview, and then uh, we, we have like sketches that seamlessly go into the interview. Um and uh, our, our producer Mike does a really good job putting like sound design, so it, it yeah it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's cool. You kind of do you, you get a feeling like it's a little bit of the old timey radio theater where you uh, you do a skit v- via audio and it, it really kind of captures that uh, you know imagination of the mind. How, explain to the people like is the writing process different when you're writing for radio when you're writing a radio skit. Oh, uh, actually, yeah, because uh, before, uh, when I would just do sketch for stage, uh, it would, I would be like, okay, so, all right, I have this uh, great idea. And I was like, what? I need to buy a wig? Forget it. New idea. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to buy a wig. What am I, a Rockefeller? Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is funny, like, how many times that's come up. Like, oh, my God, this, this skit would be awesome, uh, but we need a popcorn machine. All right, never mind. That's, that's a huge pain in the ass. I don't know where to get a popcorn machine. What if we do it with a wiffle ball bat? Then you just rewrite yeah. the skit around stuff that you have. It's like, okay, forget it. Uh, let's, do, let's do a new fart boy sketch. And then... yeah. yeah, I can't tell you how many, like when we had the comedy garage going, how many skits we did. Or when we first started out, we'd do skits. But a lot of it was just stuff that was literally lying around. Like we did a, we did a skit. Uh, we created a character called the shop vac. And basically, all it was was a shop vac yeah. <laughs> that our that our landlord had left there, and we uh, it, it was actually a funny idea. 
And if you guys would talk to it, and it would cut to the shot back, and it's just yeah. sitting there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> an anatomy. Yeah, I think the one uh, Cornell Reed and I did a uh, a skit where we had the shop vac as our designated driver, but shop vac, unbeknownst to us, had been drinking and you know crashed us into. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we the idea was that he was going to be a sitcom character. His his career uh, never seemingly never took off there, but. Yeah. Um, so your sketch writing was kind of like uh, the beginning of the Ray Bradbury show, where he's like <laughs> sitting in that room full of like tchotchkes and curse things. Yes. And he's just, okay. This, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of tchotchkes <laughs> in the uh, old comedy garage. Yeah. So, so like, when we write the sketches for, for the radio, it's it's always like, okay, well, what would be a fun thing that I could never do on stage? Okay, swarm of bees. That's a fun sound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So. And if that's you cool. a great sound designer, like you said, that's that's just great <laughs> yeah oh he, he does like he does stuff like that for tv and he uh it's so fantastic. so yeah definitely having a professional setup helps we got a uh i just picked up a microphone a preamp filter and it, it definitely noticed some difference yesterday we recorded uh, i also do a sports gambling podcast with my buddy ryan and we recorded it using that and you can definitely tell a an increase in the uh in the quality there so you know it's always it's always nice. Nice little investment. Yeah, exactly. Got it off Amazon. Amazon also being the sponsor of the show. It's pretty easy. You just log on to shantygreen.com, click the Amazon link, and then basically anything they get from Amazon, we get a cut. It doesn't cost them anything more. You can just bookmark it. It's pretty easy. And now, how about yourself? Do you guys have any sponsors on the Fort Podcast? No, we don't have. Any. <laughs> um, we're we're working on it. Um, but uh, but yeah. Yeah. No, I mean there there's a lot of. Um, a lot of online companies now, now that I think they're realizing the amount of web traffic that podcasts get, that these blogs get and stuff like that, they're willing to partner up things, you know, either like click through or, hey, you know, referral code, whatever. I mean, there's not a ton of money in it, but I, I definitely think we're turning the corner on web advertising because it, it just makes sense. Like right now, mm-hmm. you're just talking about uh, your phone, how you, you're trying to read a book on your phone, but that the, the phone is all consuming. Eventually... Everything is going to be going through the the internet, so it only makes sense that you're going to advertise on the internet. I mean, right now, if you hear a TV or radio ad, or even a print ad at the end, they always say, "Hey, check us out on Facebook." Even the news, like, "Hey, like us on Twitter," or you know, they yeah. they don't really know how to use it. Like the news, <laughs> and it, you do feel bad for these like old news guys. I mean, Walter Cronkite passed away, but it, it, the idea that he's like, "And make sure you like me on Facebook or check me out on Twitter." These yeah. respected <laughs> news guys. Yeah, Walter Cronkite's not that funny on Twitter. <laughs> no, he's not. It's too dry, man. I mean, Andy R- Wolf Blitzer says it. When we come back, we'll be reading your tweets. How do you say that with a straight face? It it is, and now like every even like sports, you know, even these like macho sports guys. Hey, make sure you like me on Facebook or like on the (laughs) (laughs) even like um, even on. uh, It's really funny because they'll be like some of the announcers are still. I don't even know what that tweeting is and twitting and you know like they'll be all cantankerous about it, but you can tell like their boss is like, no, we got to interact social media, we got to do this. <laughs> but I like how like those sports guys are are turning into insecure teenage girls. Yeah, like, please like me <laughs> on Facebook. Yeah, we're. I think our generation is sucking in the generation older than us into this social media world. I mean, my my dad's like, maybe I should have a Twitter account. Like people, <laughs> they don't really know what it is. They don't know. Hey, am I missing something? Because they they realize they probably said like, oh, the computer, that's a total waste of time. Now they realize <laughs> like, you know, a decade later, oh man, I should have been on that computer. I could be making money. Yeah. My mom's friends are all on Facebook, and she claims she doesn't want to get on it, but uh, she's clearly showing some interest. Well, yeah. I mean, I think everyone. Everyone has that story about their mom being on Facebook. My mom's on, on Facebook now, and they they start off with, "Well, it was it was just for the pictures. I just wanted to see some of the family photos." <laughs> and the next thing, you know, they're slowly slowly working their way into the conversation. Do you have any Do you have any uh, relatives on Facebook? Have you had any issues with that? No, actually, uh, like like my. Like uh, my mom passed away in 2000, so I never had to oh, deal okay. with that. Oh, okay, so that's bed. really uncomfortable. But still, with my sisters, it's like, uh, uh, <laughs> oh no, it's not that uncomfortable. No, but sorry. I, actually, if she did join <laughs> Facebook now, that would be scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, now, now that is that's got to be a sci-fi. 
That, that's, I mean, that's got to be a sci-fi movie waiting to happen. A mom or, like, a close relative passes away. Next thing they know, they're following you on Twitter. All of a sudden, these random posts are coming up, and they're, and they're showing you pictures, and they're trying to give you clues because <laughs> the, uh, the girlfriend you're dating is going to kill you, and they're trying to give you a message from beyond the grave via social media. I think it could work, Ed. Or kind of like the lake house. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the most original premise. Usually it's through a TV or something. But it's else. never been through Facebook. Right, exactly. That's my hook. I heard a story where a mom did that. She, her son died and she took over his account and kept updating it. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. – um, I forget who uh, – I think it might have been a comedian Barbara Gray might have had a uh, – I think she – I think that's might have been the story you're talking about, Logan. I think she has a stand-up bit about that, about how the mom took over the Facebook yeah, page yeah. and then kept – like saying they're going to attend an event or, you know, yeah. like just weird, weird stuff like that. So now, uh, Ed, give us, a, give us a little background on the Ed Galvez story. <laughs> where did uh, where'd you grow up, Ed? Where were you in, born? Uh, Salinas, California. That's okay. up by like, uh, near like Monterey, Santa Cruz. Um, I was an Army brat growing up. Uh, then from like age 10 through 21, grew up there. Uh, and then uh, the day after I turned 21, I was like... Just got the hell out of Dodge and came down here. And then uh, came down to L.A. Mm-hmm. So you've been to L.A. for a little while here since '98. Okay, nice. Wow. Now you've been here since '98. Can you explain? Did you start doing comedy in '98? What were you kind of? What was your first plan when you got here in '98? Uh, I I came down for uh, to be a writer, and so my first two years I just focused on my drinking. And I, <laughs> the Oscar uh, Wilde uh, School of Writing. Yeah, but I was or basically less every out. every Hemingway, uh, seemingly all the great writers it, had drinking problems. It was basically a new twenty-one-year-old in L.A. Right? So, you know, just went nuts. <laughs> and then uh, in two thousand, like I was just like, okay, uh, you know, figure out what you want to do. And uh, and then I saw a friend of mine uh, uh, was uh, was at the Acme Theater. Okay. And, um, and that's so I went to go see her show, and uh, and it was awesome, uh, Sarah Madison. And uh, so I signed up for classes at Acme, and then I just did like improv and sketch. Like I started at Acme, then Groundlings, and then Second City, and then uh, like helped start Big News that was at IO. And oh, and then, that's cool. So then I did all that, and then gradually, like you know, like around '04 was when I started doing stand up uh, aggressively because okay. uh, um, because I got tired of dealing with other people's commitments. Yes, <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I can just. Uh, put all, all the pressure on myself instead of relying on other people. Well, right. I mean, the, beside, there's just a certain pragmatic sense to stand-up comedy. It, 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 the complete independence of, hey, whenever I want to write stand-up comedy, I can write stand-up comedy. Whenever I want to go out and do open mics, I can do it. Whenever I want to book a show, I can do it. You don't, like you said, you don't have to rely on someone else's schedule. Especially out here in Los Angeles, a lot of people... Want to be performers? Well, there's a lot of shows, and there's a lot of people with varying levels of commitment. People are kind of like half into the idea of it, and I feel like especially with sketch and improv, people who aren't taking it serious as a career are much more likely to dabble in sketch and uh, improv than to dabble in stand-up. I feel like stand-up, just kind of the brutalness of just you being on stage eventually weeds out people. What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um... I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. Like, or as far as the commitments thing, also well, a hard part of that, like with sketch, is like even if you get like like really talented people, the really talented people end up like booking real work. Yeah. <laughs> so then it's like, oh, I know this is uh, the the first day of our show that we've been rehearsing for all month, but I guess recording your pilot is more. Yeah, or like, oh, hey, I got a national commercial. I'm not going to be here for this show at the UCB or something like that. Yeah. Talent also often comes with attitude. What? <laughs> You also have to deal with those with the egos and everything, you know, when you're dealing with talented people. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. You know I, sometimes. Yeah, I, I've been pretty lucky that most of the the people like that have been. Now I know nice. you. Um, you've actually uh, over at the uh, West Side Theater. Or, I'm sorry, I always forget. I always get. How oh, dare you? I always <laughs> I always get this theater. I, I keep mixing up the name because they had an old name and then they changed it. What's the the theater on the West Side? Now it's Mi's West Side Comedy Theater. Okay. Mi- uh, Mission Improbable or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I know you teach classes over there. You teach a stand up class. Mm-hmm. Describe the experience of of teaching stand up comedy. What's that been like? Um, I I love it. Uh, that being said, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's kind of like usually when someone says "I love it like that," it, there's there's a caveat somewhere in there. Yeah. That's it's kind of like I love roses, but there are some <laughs> thorns to, to this one. Um, uh, it, it's great. Like when people want to learn, like uh, like it, it's awesome. Um, but then yeah. there's 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 two types of people that make it a little rough. 
One is the crazy person, the the person that's like, uh, I don't know how you made it through life, just just existing in this planet with uh, other people. Right. Uh, yeah, it's delusional. Uh, that for people kind of outside the showbiz world, when we say crazy, there's like a. Uh, you know, like Will Ferrell crazy in that he's like, oh, crazy and wacky. And then there are a lot of people that have just serious mental personality disorders. And yeah. then you put a microphone in front of them and they're kind of entertaining and they're getting attention. So it's this weird world where they'll just keep going to open mics. And no one – I mean they're crazy. So no one wants to go up to them and go, please, never bring her crazy ass here again. Yeah. But then they'll go up and they'll kind of get laughs just because – they're a crazy person, and people in the audience don't know if it's a joke or not. And obviously, the crazy people aren't in on the joke. Like, there's this one guy. Um, uh, I think his, his name's Elmo. He goes by the name of um, he, he Elmo goes, Vato Loco. He, yeah, he calls himself. Uh, my name's Elmo El Vato Loco, and he goes up there and just does this stream of consciousness act where he's like. And the police said that I couldn't bring my nachos in the police yard, but I said no, I'm bringing my nachos, and I like gazpacho. And then I <laughs> and then I ate cans of spray, like just, just like words, <laughs> diarrhea of the mouth, just flowing out. And he's just this guy, and he go, and then he has like a couple catchphrases, he's like Elmo Vato, lubricated by nature. <laughs> and how do you how do you not laugh at that? And then you talk to him afterwards. He like he'll wear a mask sometimes. And you'll talk to him like, hey, what's going on, man? And you try to be nice to him because he, he genuinely does seem nice. And then, oh, yeah, I want a beer. Hey, you want a beer, uh, uh, Vato Loco? And he's like, no, no beer. I, I guess he uh, he got drunk and ran over someone. He did like nine years in jail. He, he told me the whole story. Yeah. But the guy seems a lot of wires loose. So you get some of those people, right, I would imagine? Yeah. Well, uh, at least people that could afford a, a $75 Groupon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. So, there, yeah, there's that. Well, the weird thing about, like, Elmo, because I had a weird experience with him one time. Sure. Or, like, uh, there was this girl that was... See, like, I almost feel uncomfortable talking about him. Like, <laughs> okay. No, 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 I'm kidding. We can. Uh, keep talking about him. He doesn't have the internet. No, Sean's yeah. already done the worst he can do. So right, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. What time, so, like, he was flirting with the, with this girl that was working at the theater, and uh, he was waiting for her outside, and then we're just like... <laughs> and oh, So God. then we're just like... Uh, uh, you, know, you, you know things are going well when uh, the El Vato Loco's waiting for you. <laughs> well, yeah, she got kind of drunk, and she was telling him, to like, oh, you got any PCP? He's like, oh, no, I don't have any PCP. Like, I got weed. Well, maybe I can get some PCP. <laughs> so, so he was waiting outside with no PCP but with weed. And so we're just like, fuck, well, let's just stay here. Maybe he'll go away. Yeah. And um, so then, like. Uh, so we were there, we were drinking in the theater for, you know, till like midnight, and then gradually he went away. Um, but the next day, like, I saw him at El Cid with a neck brace, and on his way home, like, he got into a car accident again. Jesus. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, no. I, 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 I wish him well. <laughs> okay. So now that's one kind of person. Now, you said there were there were two types of people that kind of make it difficult to teach a, a stand-up class. Yeah, it, and it, it's what I call the funniest guy at the office. Yeah. Where it's just like, hey, like, I'm, I'm Mr. Funny Guy at the office, and uh, it's just like, I already know, uh, like, how to do comedy. I'm just here just to, you know, just to brush up on my techniques before I get on Saturday Night Live, because it's going to happen next week. And uh, so it, it, it's... I spend, like, the first part of class, you know, like, getting to know everybody and then kind of slowly weaseling in, like, making fun of uh, internet porn jokes or, like, you know, right. you know, you know whacking up on the internet or uh, stuff like that. So at least uh, I try to challenge them to not do that. I mean, they'll go there on their own. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, it's fun. But, like, there's definitely times when, like, I have to give the speech at least once a class where I'm just like, all right, I know you're not racist. <laughs> But a room full of strangers, they don't know you're not racist. <laughs> or you just shat on women, and there was no clever twist or comparison or anything. Yeah. You just be, like, that's that's just hate. Uh, uh, compare it to something, anything. Like, right. You, can't you just, need an analogy. Yeah. You need to do a little tongue-in-cheek so the audience knows you're supposed to take this as humor. Yeah. And that, that's where people get in trouble, like uh, Don Imus. He got in trouble because his joke about nappy-headed hoes – there was no – he didn't put the nappy-headed hose in a scenario. He didn't compare it to anything. It wasn't a funny line. You know, I mean, I think the guy – I'm not going to make excuses for for him. But I, I think generally these people are just looking for a laugh, but they're just kind of grabbing at straws. Oh, yeah. Now, what what's kind of – like, what – does anything stand out as like, oh, my God, this was the worst – 
worst thing I've heard as far as like just lack of comedy or have you had any kind of disasters? Uh, there's, I mean, there's definitely been some disasters. There's also been definitely been some people where I'm just like, I don't know how this is going to turn out well at all. Uh, but then. Uh, for some reason, because they're so wacky, like just in social settings, that they end up like doing well. Yeah, and I'm just like, well, I, I don't, well, I'm glad. Well, that- that's, yeah, like <laughs> an autistic person could do well in stand up because you you talk to them and it's like, what's this guy have Asperger's? Like he's really annoying. He doesn't know how to have a conversation. And then when they get up on stage, they kind of the the dynamic of the power level is is just right for them that they can kind of find their niche there yeah but does is anything stand out in particular um I mean there's there's been like like one guy that got really drunk and like he had he was a pretty funny guy and then he got really drunk and he went up at the end and just like but just didn't do any material and was just being like really like crass like towards like the women in the audience and that got weird um or like there was this guy that would just tell stories like he's he's apparently like very rich okay. Um, and he's just taking this class. Uh, so he just talks about how he like bangs all these hot chicks, but the guy's not, he's not tall or good looking. He's just uh-huh. like, you wouldn't think anything of it, but I, know, I guess if you're drinking in the right area and you're spending enough money, whatever, like, yeah. I don't, I don't care. But he tells these stories and they're kind of, that, that's what was kind of hard about this last class I had. Cause it was, it was, it was eight dudes. So there was a no. lot of like dudes talking about their dicks and they're making each other laugh. But I'm just kind of like, guys, let's let's. You we know. need to open it up a little bit. Yeah, we're, it, it's just like what's what's fun with like these guys hanging out uh, is different when you're on the stage in front of like a mixed crowd. You know. Yeah. Um. So and also for the record, I'm not against fart jokes or dick jokes, but right. it just has to be done. You know, in a class setting where you're trying to learn. <laughs> <laughs> It I mean, is it is funny. Like I just picture, yeah, uh, you know, you up there with a dry erase board, like, giant X's over dicks. No, stop. There's a time and a place for dicks. Well, that's the hard part too. Is like I'll, I'll give like my speeches and stuff, trying to get them to 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 you know to, to grow, and then I go up there and I'll juggle dicks for three minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, do as do as I say, not as I do, type thing. Well, um, right. I, I think. Yeah, it's like with anything. It's not that the topic is necessarily foreboding, but it's just the idea of like. People naturally just talk about shocking things or give shocking viewpoints because, you know, in in a normal situation, it'll get a reaction like, oh, man, you know, or, ha ha, I can't believe he said that, blah blah blah. But comedy, you don't quite have that. There's not that same um, same level of shock comes up that you that would come up in a normal conversation. Yeah. Um, well, the biggest shocking thing that happened to me that offended me. Uh, not because of the homophobic joke, but as a comedian, what offended me was, uh, okay, that guy that I was talking about, because uh, he was just talking about how, like, how he was like, how he got this hooker, and she wasn't what was in the ad, and then, like, he, <laughs> so, then, like, he boned her, and then she's like, look, uh, I found out that my mom died, uh, so do you want to go again for free? I just don't want to be alone. So, uh, so then. See now, this is funny in this. But it's not. It, but if you told it in front of people, it would come off kind of dark. Right? Yeah. Well, it, it got, I mean, it got to her laughs, and it was just yeah. like, so I got my money back, and it was weird because like I, 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 I had sex with this girl twice that I would never like shake her hand or like all this stuff, and then like it, then it got like a little bit mean. I was just kind of like. You should have stopped like five minutes ago, and then but then at the end he just told like some stupid street joke, uh, some homophobic street joke that I was just like, what the fuck? Like this is a representation yeah. of my class, and you're telling a street joke? Like that's what like right. pissed me off. Yeah, uh, like jokes he printed out on the internet, but he knew we'd get a solid laugh. No, it, it tanked. Or yeah, I and mean, I, was I like, guess thank God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it would get a laugh if you walked up and said something to a person in the locker room. Something like that. Uh, but, yeah. No, the idea that a, a hooker gave you a free thing, blah, 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 there's some, there's some, you know, there's some funny aspect there. But you got to kind of humanize a little bit. And you don't want to just degrade her for, like, yeah. opening up to you. Then, then you, yeah. <laughs> you can come off as an asshole if you also kind of self-deprecate yourself and take yourself down a notch a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, uh, like, when you told the story, like uh, – I I because he told me that story once in, in class and I was just and I was talking, I was like well that story is 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 funny but I was like you got to watch like uh, you can't be mean to a woman like in the story you can't make yourself look cool or powerful at all in, right. in this situation because that that's people are going to look for immediate ways to turn on you and yeah yeah and I mean you could 
you could say like, oh, and then I'm this piece of crap who's cashing in on a coupon on a prostitute. Yeah. And then yeah. that's kind of like funny, like, oh yeah, blah blah blah. And then you know, and then that's how I met my wife or, or something. Yeah. You know, like you can <laughs> yeah. you can make it funny, but you have to kind of come off a little bit charming, especially when this woman is putting herself out there, like, yeah. Oh my god, I, I, you know, my mom passed away. <laughs> Sorry, it is. Yeah. It's kind of funny. <laughs> But it's also weird because, like, I give, like, my phone number and email out to all my students, and I'm always just like, yeah, you know, this is this is a weird thing that you're going through. So, like, if you have any questions, you know, feel right. free to email me anytime. If you're going to call me, don't be a weirdo. Uh, yeah, as far as, like, you know, call during normal times. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. some people don't know what weird <laughs> what weird times so are. So do you get, you get, like, a call in the middle of the night? Uh, sometimes, uh, or, like, or some people would just, like, call me, like, like three times a week. And just talking to me about stuff, and I'm just like, all right, I'm not a therapist. But Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Now, do you get any? Uh, do you get any hot chicks? Have you have you met any girls in class? Do do women ever like? Oh, this is Ed Galvez. He's the teacher. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull my skirt up a little bit in class and cross my legs very seductively. Do you get? Uh, I wish. <laughs> no, there, I mean there. I mean there are attractive uh, girls that come to class, but like, uh, um, but you know, I I also haven't tried. Yeah. <laughs> So, right. I don't know. It, 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 all that, all that stuff is weird. But uh, I would like to think someone's had a crush on me, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have had like a weird experience. Like I had this one, um, uh, this one student, and she was she was crazy for, from another country. And like for like the first like uh, class, I was just like just. Uh, we talk about their life for a little bit, and then I'm like, okay, just write like a page <laughs> That's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, just uh, about that part of your life, okay? And just like, don't be funny, just be honest, because I just want to get you comfortable talking in your voice yeah. about your life experiences and just showing them that you don't have to try too hard, that you can be funny just on what you've lived already. And this is, like I said, it's intro to stand-up, so it's just getting people comfortable talking in their own voice. Just because I don't want to see like my first tapes of doing stand-up. Um, yeah. My voice is something that I perceived was a stand-up voice, but I... Didn't, mm-hmm. wasn't doing it on purpose and it's just like weird and right. creepy um, so then like uh, she came in she didn't like write about what she talked about uh, that week she just wrote this essay about her boobs that, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 it didn't get a laugh and the first day of class she comes in she's like uh, I'm wrong. just like oh tell us about yourself and she's like well I'm not funny and I was like well you're not going to be funny if you, if you if you think that way so knock it off and then uh so she does her thing about her boobs, and, and it doesn't get a laugh. She's like, see, I told you I wasn't funny. And I was like, all right, are you just a pair of boobs? And she's like, no. I'm like, that's right, because you're, like, from another country, and you have, like, life experiences, and you've been married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you've done stuff that none of us have ever seen. And so, like, you ripped yourself off by not talking about any of that, and you ripped us off because we didn't get to hear all these great things because you were talking about your boobs. I was like, I have boobs. And then, <laughs> so it's, it's not that big a deal. Right. So then, like, weeks later, we're going through material, and everything's kind of tanking like every week it's just like i don't like i don't know what to do with this person yeah so then she comes in and she her thing is like all right so uh um I, i'm on the fourth day of my period i'm crazy and then she tells about a de- uh about when she came to stand-up class and she had this hilarious thing about her boobs and the teacher was very mean to her <laughs> and and when she was leaving, she goes, oh, I want to make him feel uh, like um, I was giving him a chance to be like, oh, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? And But he didn't. And I gave him three chances, but he never said anything to me. So as I was driving home, I wanted to give him a chance to, to – to, I, I wanted to make him feel as, as shitty as he made me feel. So I texted him. I told you I wasn't funny. And then he had the power to make me feel even worse than I did before. And he responds, don't try. Just be. He's like, that, he's like, that bullshit. And he's like, <laughs> So and then the next day, uh, uh, I wake up and he's like, uh, "She's like, oh, he did tell me that like I was like a beautiful human being," and <laughs> and then and then like it ends and I was just like, "Well, uh, awkward, yes, but that was actually the most honest thing that you've said so far, right?" So why don't you build on that? And yeah, then, no, that was a real story. Yeah, so it's it, it's very I don't know like, and it's clever in the way. I mean, she said that in class, right? Yeah, that she story, said that in class. So. Everyone knows what she's talking about. Yeah, probably, you know. No, and every, everyone was 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 awkward because everyone knew like how crazy. <laughs> it this wasn't a was. different stand-up teacher that <laughs> yeah. she was talking about. It was <laughs> it was obvious it was Ed Galvez. <laughs> now, Ed, Ed, you seem like a. I mean, it's funny for me to think that you kind of piss someone off that way. You seem like every time I've seen you, you've had a, a smile on you. You very outgoing. Do you ever get really pissed off? Like what? What seemingly kind of gets you fired up? 
Because I've never seen you really that angry, at oh. least on stage or just from hanging out. You don't, you don't seem like that pissed off at the world. What, what really gets you going? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, you know, I try not to get angry. Sure. I, I, and for the most part, every time I do get down, I'm always just like, uh, it's always summerish. Like you get to do this because you can. Like life's not bad. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Just like really negative people. Uh, like, like, like I, I wait tables still because I'm. Uh, uh, it's cool, I'm, man. Because I'm awesome. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's like, but like, I go in and I'm like hungover, you know, usually, and I'm just kind of like, yeah. just plow through my. Day. I don't talk to people. Like as far as like coworkers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, just like people that just kind of like just like start like nitpicking. I'm just like Jesus Christ. Like, I'll, you know, just people that just like take things too seriously. Just like, like, yeah, just basically stuff yeah. like that is what really like like. It's what gets fire gets in your crop. Now yeah. that's like I, you know, I, I get uh, cranky about stuff. But th- you were talking about people, like it, it aggravates me. People going out of their way to kind of be a dick when when it's totally unnecessary. That's oh. like we. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Oh, sorry. It just reminded me of a story this this um, this past weekend. My my parents were out visiting, and then uh, me, my dad, and my brother go to this golf club in uh, Oxnard. I think it's called the River Ridge uh, Golf Club in Oxnard, and uh, I'm saying that because I'm, I'm about to trash them uh, on this on this very <laughs> this very public podcast. I already, I already filled out a vicious uh, comment card, and the uh, the guy wrote, emailed me back. We're currently going back and forth, so I hadn't golfed in a while. Um, you know, my brother's not a great golfer. My dad's my dad's fairly solid. So, but uh, my my golf clubs got stolen. So I'm already annoyed at that. They got stolen a while ago. So I had to rent clubs. We rent clubs. My brother shows up. We got a 7:54 tee time. 7:54 tee time. Show up to the starter. That's the guy who's in charge of the tee times. You know, wants to keep things moving. And uh, he goes, As "We show up there. I, they got a big giant clock behind him because it's golf. You got to be on time." It says 7:51 there. He goes, "Oh, green. Oh, running late, are you? Oh, you guys uh, just show up whenever you want." Like, no, we are actually a few minutes early. Their tee time 7:54. Oh, okay. You know, like, already giving me shit. Then, um, of course, I duff my tee shot. But, I, like, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't played in a while. Then I hit another shot. Uh, my brother hit one that's a little bit out of bounds. Then, th- then this other marshal comes over. He's like, yeah, that's out of bounds, blah, blah, blah. And truly, if you're playing golf exactly by the rules, if you do hit one out of bounds, you're entitled to take another shot and take a penalty. That's how you're supposed to play. So they were already up our ass like, just for, like, no good reason. And then uh, I guess they told – they. <laughs> And then, like five holes later, this um, this uh, this the group behind us. I hit a tee shot, and you know this is like later in the day. I've got my swing down a little bit with these rental clubs, and I crush it like yeah, like 175, 200 yards down the middle. And the guy goes, "Oh man, how long you've been playing this game for?" Like kind of condescendingly, <laughs> and I was like. Um, I, at first, I thought he meant like I was like all day. We started the first tee. He's like, "No, how long you been playing this game for?" And uh, I was like, I don't know. You know, I've played on and off. He's like, oh, yeah, the marshal uh, went out of his way to say you guys were really beginners. And blah. So, like, the marshal is talking behind their back. Then we drop, we drop off the clubs at the tour shop place. We're like, oh, our, our rental clubs are still in the cart. Should we bring them in here into the tour shop? Because that's, you know, you don't know the policy on rental clubs at some weird golf place. And the lady goes, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, just bring them back right where you got them. Like, it's so <laughs> annoying, like, especially uh, delivering or stuff like that. When, when you go into this other person's world and they expect you to be totally up to date on their procedures, how they run things. Blah, blah, blah. And so uh, it, it's great. I was like, uh, is there a comment card I can fill out about the customer service here? <laughs> and the, the, one of the ladies working at the tour shop's like, oh, uh, yeah, Cindy, go get him a comment card. And, uh, or you can just say your comments aloud. <laughs> and I start, going, <laughs> I start going off on how the marshal was an asshole, the starter was up my ass, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, okay, you can just fill out the card. <laughs> <laughs> so she did not, not want to hear it. Like, once she told me to verbalize it, I think she totally regretted that. So the guy emailed me, and now we're, we're going back and forth on that. I don't let things die like that. What has he said yeah. so far? Uh, dear, dear Mr. Green, I am so sorry for the experience you had at River Ridge uh, Golf Course. We wanted, that's the exact opposite of the golf course experience we want to give people. <laughs> nice. it, well, it's one of these things where... It, well, at least the attitude didn't continue. Yeah. <laughs> you never know well, I mean, here, here's what happens, especially on these public courses. 
It's a public course, all right? It's a public course. You just pay whatever for the green fee. You walk up there. But these guys go every week, blah, blah, blah. They get to be friends with the marshals. So they act like it's their own little country club. But it's like, no, you guys, you don't have enough money to get in the country club, so you play at the public course, and you can't treat me like crap. If it was a private country club and I just wandered on, uh, then, yeah, treat me like shit, and I won't be a member at this country club. But it's a public course, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Uh, so that's my little sidebar there. Amen. You could do, like, what happens a lot in restaurants is, like, people, like, ask for free shit and then blackmail the, the restaurant by, like, uh, I'll, I'll leave a negative review on Yelp if you don't take this off the menu or off my bill, even though, like, nothing was wrong with it. They're yeah. just like, uh, just take it off and, like, like blackmail through Yelp. It's pretty it is, ridiculous. It is bizarre. Yeah, you read these. I think I tweeted it once, and it was like, the government isn't killing small businesses. It's these damn hipsters with their Yelp reviews. Yeah. Because, like, these guys, <laughs> like, if you have a legit complaint, yeah, there's something to that. But um, I read it. For some reason, I was looking for a, a keg for a party on Yelp. And then you get sucked into this. <laughs> yeah. You get sucked into these Yelp reviews of, like, random liquor stores about uh, the this one guy was, like, described. He was like a self-described, um, what did he? A mythical creature who was looking for a fairy tale ambiance, like just some bizarre bullshit. But meanwhile, this Korean guy downtown Los Angeles is getting like one out of five stars because he did he didn't have the right incense going in the liquor store, like the, just bizarre reviews. And then who's to discredit these wackos leaving weird reviews? I mean, yeah, there's something to be said if you have a legit complaint, fine. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's. And I found that, like, when I was working uh, delivering groceries, the same thing, where, like, people would call and say stuff was missing just to get free stuff, but it would be, like, a banana. You know, something yeah. like, <laughs> it's just, like, I guess I'm just amazed at the amount of effort people would do to scam, like, 10% of, like, $34. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you get that a lot, I imagine? Uh, oh, sorry. That was my phone. I don't know. Okay. Ignore that. <laughs> Very um, unprofessional. But that, but the thing that that does make me mad, uh, and I try not to, is like just like internet trolls. They're just kind of like just people that shit on stuff and just kind of like because, uh, um, like one time I, I I just was just checked out my IMDb and I saw that someone had placed a uh, like left a, a comment on my IMDb page like three years ago. Saying it's like this, Ed Galvez is so full of himself. He's a hack. And oh, wait, it's like, you posted that? No, someone left oh. that on my IMDb page, and that for three years ago. That's and weird. So like, uh, and uh, must be someone you pissed off three years ago. Yeah, but the thing is, like, he's like he's so full of himself. He's like, I know I, my friends are comedians. And I respect what they do, but he was so full. Of, I'm just like, what am I ever full of myself? If, no, like, you seem if, to be like the most humble person. Of all yeah, time. if I'm not friendly, it's because I, I I I thought I you know I didn't do well, and I'm just kind of like in my own head. But yeah, for the most yeah. part, <laughs> yeah, you're never like outwardly uh, egotistical or, or getting in other people's face. Yeah, I mean, it, it's bizarre that uh, I, I think just people have a lot of anger built up and and the internet is kind of like this little niche thing where that they can they can kind of let it out but it it's, it's not even like I, I don't even feel like i've left negative comments i guess before but not uh well I, i've done this before which is kind of fun if you're if you're at work and you're, <laughs> you're looking to kill time you get you get tired of looking at uh the girls pictures from high school on facebook if you're looking to kill some more time I never get tired of that <laughs> <laughs> that's what, like when i worked in an office that's what i would do like because you know, they didn't really monitor your Facebook activity, so just be like, oh, let's see how all the hot chicks are holding up from, you know, Freedom High School class of 2001. Just look at their, oh, yeah, she was pretty hot back in the day. Let's see. Okay. And then you can kind of get sucked in their own world. Oh, man, they got kids. Ah, ah whatever. But still, like, look at their, you can kind of, like, almost, like, find the exact point where they kind of hit the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed, I, I did this a few times. I remember specifically, I went to a Beatles fan page and just started trying to argue why the Beatles were overrated. And I was saying, like, uh, you know, just like in the, just like, uh, oh, man, um, yeah, they were, they just ripped off the entire Monkees catalog. Like, you know, just, <laughs> just like, I mean, just like trivial stuff. But then it's, it's just so funny to get a rise out of people. I was doing that again on Twitter, like kind of goofing on Chaz Bono. And part of it is just... I, as a comedian, I enjoy being contrarian, especially when the idea everyone's like, "Hey, let's celebrate this person." I kind of like going like, ah, "Let's poke a little fun at them." And especially when I saw people were getting like angry at me and blah blah blah, then that kind of almost fueled me. Like, I, as a comedian, I do kind of enjoy getting a rise out of people, and especially online where it's so simple. Well, well, 
in that case, it's like how how what kind. Of, how are you hurting the Beatles? <laughs> right, exactly. You know, so some guy making like good, like silly monkeys comparisons. <laughs> yeah, like it's like some guy's gonna be like, oh, that's right. I'm gonna return my uh, my the stuff that I stole from the internet <laughs> torrent site. Or, yeah. Uh, then Chaz Bono, uh, what's she doing? Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's... what exactly are you gonna tarnish? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'm gonna take her down a peg. It, it is what it is. I'm now uh, take back my vote from Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, exactly. I'm a vote tamper in Dancing with the Stars. So now, Ed, let's uh, – okay, so you left You left uh, home at 21. Was it just to pursue comedy or were you just looking for a reason to head out and, and go to L.A.? Was it specifically to be a comedy writer? You know what? No. Um, actually, I was originally going to go to San Francisco State because I got accepted into the film program. And then my mom uh, got diagnosed with cancer. So then uh, I was just like, oh, maybe I'll stay home for a while. Yeah. And then uh, – uh, then she started getting better, and then I was just like, "Okay, well, great that she's getting better, but now what am I doing?" Yeah. So then, uh, and then around that time, my sister uh, needed a roommate, and I was turning twenty-one, and I was just like, "Well, LA's kind of better for film anyway." And, yeah, uh, and being twenty-one. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, so then I just went down, and uh, and then yeah, like I said, like the first year, I just went to like Santa Monica College and just drank myself silly and then uh yeah as, as most people in community college do I yeah imagine <laughs> yeah and then yeah so then it was like my mom passed away in 2000 and that was when i was just like okay time to grow up like what do you want now to did do? that did that kind of light a light a fire under you as far as like your occupation did it did it make you want to pursue comedy more or less did it you feel like it influenced your work at all well it, it definitely uh like because it, it's not like i had a had dad around so it was just kind of like she was kind of like my main uh um influence or just like if like we weren't rich but yeah but, but i mean at least it was in my head it was always like well there's a safety net there so if anything happens you can always move back home if right you know, mom's always there yeah so then i was just like okay so now uh, why don't you start like <laughs> taking care of yourself and uh, like i said like i paid for i mean i always took care of myself but it's just like uh, right it, you kind of a little more urgency right. but yeah focus on something that you want to do so then it was like right that week when uh, my friend was like come to my show and then it was like yeah, after that first day, then um, I just like threw myself into it, and it was, I was like, you know, doing going to like every show and taking every class, and you know, uh, you know, I just ate, slept, and drank comedy, and 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 here I am today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, what you, I know what you mean, man. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, you get in a once you kind of get into that routine, it feels weird not to be doing comedy constantly, and. And you know, kind of uh, you know, going at it full board. Now I, I was uh, I was doing some Ed Galvez research. I mean, obviously Uh-oh. I've uh, <laughs> obviously I've known you I've known you for a while uh, doing uh, comedy around town and stuff like that. I, I mean, I don't at even least remember five years. Yeah, that that's you know, it, it's weird when I talk to other comedians. I, I never have like a good point of like when I started hanging out with them or knowing them, but it's just like yeah, that seems right. Or like it's more I just don't remember a time not really knowing them. But I, I imagine, uh, yeah, I don't know when I started hanging out with you or, or seeing you around town. Probably, like, doing shows at the West Side Eclectic, I would guess. But yeah. I don't know. I met you at well, Liquid Lounge, too. What? I met you at Liquid Lounge, too, I'm pretty sure. Liquid Lounge? Uh, or we used to do a show yeah, up in the, in the Valley on Burbank Boulevard, Liquid Lounge. No, I was never asked to do that show. Oh. Well, it wasn't, it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't our show, per se. Um, well, I, want we, that, I want that guy's name. We, we own that show. <laughs> no, this was a, this was a piece of uh, the Ed Galvez catalog I was uh, completely oh, unaware shit. of. Uh-oh. This is, uh, oh, no. <laughs> this is uh, Ed Galvez mis- mixing it up with a, uh, a big-name celebrity, Logan. Uh, see if you can guess which uh, celebrity Ed Galvez is interacting with on screen here. All right. Paris, Paris, what's going to happen this week on the show? Watch it, buddy. Dance party. <laughs> That's hot. The tw- oh, that was so great. I had Paris not- Hilton? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so you were on the Paris Hilton BFF show. Yeah. To, to, set, uh, to set that <laughs> clip up, I maybe I should have done a better job describing it, but Ed is uh, playing a reporter, and uh, he's like, Paris, Paris, you know, you just heard the clip, what's on the show, and then... I don't get that line when she says, watch it, buddy. Does she mean, like, watch the show? Or does she mean watch it as in, like, watch asking about my show? It was kind of confusing how she did that line. Um, okay, did you get that from my reel or from the actual Yeah, I think clip? from the reel. Okay, uh, but even seeing the full thing, it doesn't make that much sense <laughs> <laughs> either. Uh, it was basically like, a, if you saw the show, it was like a... 
it was like a reality like dating show except instead of being her boyfriend it was like you get to be her best friend so yeah. it, so it was even <laughs> lesser stakes than than a normal right. TV dating show um, but they had like a cold open at the beginning of every episode just to sort of set it up so yeah it was uh, and what was funny about shooting those was that um, they all the reporters were were uh, we shot all that stuff separately. And then, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you that. Did you actually get to meet Paris Hilton? Because it's definitely two separate shots. Yeah, no, they they uh, <laughs> they uh, they shot all our stuff, and then we saw her walk by. But then we just stayed in like another room at this hotel while they did all her stuff in case she said something different that they needed one again. I love how it's like it's we so can't fun. even have you interact. I mean, it'll make the shoot better if you actually interact. <laughs> and, and we just had two cameras going at the same time, but just in case she makes eye contact with you, we don't want it. We don't want to subject her to that. Like, yeah. I love being that, on that crazy of a pedestal. Well, and also like, I'm pretty sure that she would say some more like not smart things. So they just, just to eliminate any <laughs> right. future problems that, you know, just keep everybody in their cell phones in the next room. Um, so even though it was kind of lame, I, I, I still understand. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. I guess maybe she is such a target for the paparazzi and stuff like that. Maybe there is, uh, maybe there is someone who's going to try and record her saying something or, yeah, like you said, maybe she has an off, uh, you know, offhanded comment about the blacks or the Jews, you know, either you record <laughs> and you're like, this is gold. This is much more than the $75 that are giving me to do this little, little spot here. Yeah. But, uh, that's cool. I also saw that you were in a lot of, uh, or I saw you were in two separate lottery commercials. Was there any reason, or you just randomly booked two commercials for the lottery? Uh, one for Arizona, one for California. Um, basically, I, I I give the I give the everyman hope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't I don't I don't know why, but uh, but it's it's fun. Um, yeah. No, I just I didn't know if there was any sort of uh, coincidence there that there was because yeah yeah it was like an Arizona lottery and a California lottery and I, I was just just Actually, wondering if there was any sort of uh, coincidence there. Uh, no. Uh, in fact, the California one, uh, when I went in and I saw the storyboards, it was actually like they had a thin like guy like Neo. And they're like, yeah, we decided it was funnier if we went against type. And I'm just like, <laughs> whatever. Just just make sure my name is right in my check. You know? Yeah, exactly. I, I have a funny story about the Arizona one, though. Because um, they flew me and, and the other guy that's in that commercial uh, out to Arizona to go do it. And we're yeah, in, you couldn't you couldn't fake it here in California yeah, somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we're, uh, we're shooting like in this mini mall. And uh, like while we're on break, we're like I turn to the guy and I'm like, hey, let's go, let's go buy some lottery tickets. Just yeah, yeah, you know, it would be a fun story if we do win, and if we don't, what, right? Who cares? Yeah, it's yeah, no, definitely. A couple bucks. So we go in, and then there's this uh, there's this black lady behind me, and uh, and I'm like, oh, two lottery tickets, and she's like, nah, you're wasting your money. I'm gonna win. <laughs> and I turn to her, and I'm like, lady, uh, I. I I beg your pardon, but I believe I'm gonna win. And she's like, "No, I'm gonna win." She was like, like no joking to her. Like she was like really angry. So I was having fun, like kind of messing with her. I was like, "Please, ma'am, uh, I know a thing or two. I, I believe I'm gonna win." She's like, "No, I'm gonna win." I'm all, "Look at this face, lady. I guarantee you, you're gonna see on TV winning the lottery." She's like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." I was like, "Remember this face, lady." <laughs> so oh, so like. Awesome. I, I wish I could have been there. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. No, that would not, see. Now that should be the lottery commercial. Just, I mean, I know yeah. that's, I know that's tougher to kind of capture that real moment. But that would be, uh, I would be, I would definitely watch that lottery commercial. Uh, no, I mean, not that the commercial we were in were bad, but that, that hilarious character, just like, no, I'm winning the lottery. It's like, yeah, prove this woman wrong. Like, yeah, no, I'm gonna win the lottery. So now, also you have a uh, you have a uh, stand up comedy CD out on iTunes. Mm-hmm. It's why things are weird, correct? Oh, why are things weird? Why are things weird? Sorry, I'm, I uh, I'll blame myself on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so try, I was looking for someone to throw under the bus there, but that's uh, my own buddy. Buddy's your researcher. yeah, exactly. <laughs> buddy the uh, buddy the dog threw him under the bus. Where did you uh, record that CD? At uh, the Fanatic Salon in Culver City. Oh yeah, okay, uh, yeah. I uh, I recorded some stuff there. That's a and I think I saw some clips on your YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a really cool little theater. It looks really well on camera, and I imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's owned by Jeff Machowski and Jane Morris, who are old school Second City people. Um, yeah, and it's a it's, it's a great vibe, you know, uh, next door to a great empanada place. Yep, called plug the empanada place yeah. as well. <laughs> get your laughs on, get an empanada, and uh, interesting that we talk about this because you can get your you can get your uh, thing there on iTunes twenty four seven or Amazon. In oh, fact, yeah. it's even cheaper on Amazon. Okay, iTunes and Amazon. You can click through the Sean Green link. I'll actually, when we post it, I'll have the Ed Galvez thing, so you can click through. 
and uh, we'll go. We'll both get paid, Ed. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna show these people. No All more right. waiting tables. Twenty four seven comedy who helps uh, promote this podcast. Their iHeartRadio app, which is just basically streaming comedy. You can just download it on your phone, wireless device. Laughspin named it one of the uh, top comedy apps. So uh, make sure you go to twenty four seven comedy dot com. Check that out. And, uh, yeah, Laughspin picked it as one of the top apps, and, and they just stream stand-up comedy clips. So you should, you should definitely uh, submit your uh, CD to them and their site. It's basically like a, a bunch of AM, FM stations, but then they also have this iHeartRadio app, and they got the website. They're uh, helping to push the green room a little bit. Oh, cool. Awesome. Now, also, we were, we were touching on uh, Paris Hilton and the paparazzi. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the, the hacker who was accused of well now now he's basically come clean he was the guy responsible for hacking Scarlett Johansson's email account getting the naked pictures of her and he was just hacking all these different celebrity email accounts he was uh he's basically found guilty or he entered into a guilty plea which i, I got to say now, I know it's tough, but you find a jury of 12 men. I feel like this is <laughs> kind of like an OJ situation that, hey, one of us, they did. Uh, yeah. I mean, it would be tough to find. I, I think it would be tough to find a jury pool because it would be tough to find people who weren't tainted by the case, who didn't see the Scarlett Johansson naked pictures, yeah. because I feel like a lot of guys looked at them. And I feel like women, naturally curious about celebrities, they might have checked it out just as kind of like a voyeur thing. So, yeah, I don't know why this guy admitted to doing it, but, uh, yeah, he claims that, like, he just started – he just hacked her email first, and then he, he just started hacking all these emails, and he was just addicted to, you know, cracking uh, celebrity cases. Yeah, well, I, you know, I – I because of, like, identity theft and, you know, your Facebook gets gets hacked, and it's, like, such a bummer. But at the same time, he is sort of a hero because we right. got to see him. Exactly. I mean, you find a male judge, plea bargain. Like, yeah. come on, man. Th- those 12 angry men were, were, were happy, at least for a moment, <laughs> because of a couple of JPEGs. Exactly, yeah. I, I feel like your whole defense would just be like, come on, man. <laughs> That's all it is. Just... Come Ladies on, and man! Gentlemen of the jury. So, all right, I, sh- I should have stopped with just her email, but <laughs> right. you got to admit, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, found some gold. Come on, man! I'd like to introduce the piece of evidence. Come on, man! Just all you do is bring in a picture of that Scarlett Johansson topless photo, blow it, blow it up, and then just get one of those laser pointers and just see like this is my defense right here, and just keep circling the breasts until they eventually say, "Mr. Green, please sit down," and then that's my. my Rest my case. And here's the thing: like we would probably do that sketch, but if we have to buy a laser printer, a laser <laughs> yeah, printer, exactly. oh fuck it, new idea, new idea. Yeah, <laughs> or no, it would even be something smaller. It'd be like, okay, a suit. Does anyone know? Does anyone have a easel to hold up the Scarlett Johansson <laughs> picture? Now, this is this yeah. idea is going nowhere. <laughs> we have the money to blow up this Scarlett Johansson picture. <laughs> like, right. We have well, all the money in the world. You know, we that. got that kicking around anyway in the yeah. studio. But uh, now this, uh, I forget. Um, Someone I was following on Twitter, I think, posted it. Maybe the uh, Walsh brothers or someone on there in the comedy scene uh, made me aware of this story. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of there's a, you know we're coming up on the uh, big Halloween season, and uh, it's a lot of a lot of fun things you can do in Halloween. But uh, some sometimes you know Halloween traditions uh, go awry, as is the case with this family in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Twists and turns of a corn maze turn from fun. To frightening for one family in Massachusetts. A couple. First off, isn't fun and frightening the whole point of a corn maze? Yeah. Well, their two young kids kept running into dead end after dead end, so they called nine one one. This is a news story. Yeah, yeah. Listen, and of course we have the nine one one calls. This is it's a great thing about our country. We'll get the nine one one calls. What's the address of your emergency? Hi, I just called. I'm still stuck at Cornish Farms. Okay. I, I don't. Anybody. I'm really scared. It's really dark, and we got a three-week-old baby with us. The call went out just as the maze closed. First time. Uh, now, <laughs> now, this is, I mean, the fact that she has a Boston accent just makes it this much. Yeah. I know I know. sound probably like a soulless man just cackling at this woman going, I'm really last in the dark here. I'm in this <laughs> corn maze pack with my young infant. <laughs> I know about it. Is that Justin from the Dams Police Department arrives this in his cruiser and says, Rich, you got someone lost in the maze. You know, we had just closed. Now, Rich is doing everything he can not to bust out laughing. Close the doors. We weren't even, we're not even looking out of the parking lot yet. After about 10 minutes, an officer and his canine found the family 25 feet from the exit. You're going to be okay, all right? Thank you so much. Well, welcome, all right? 
Never again. We thought this would be fun. Instead, it's a nightmare. A nightmare for one family. Others at the maze are not sure if it took a 911 call. You can just kind of listen to the cars and you can kind of find your way yeah, back over this way. Right. I don't understand why they didn't do that. And you listen for the cars going by or even look for the, the uh, wires going around. You can't get lost. So, yeah, that was hard to believe. Tips for surviving the next trip through a seven-acre corn maze. Lee Powell, The Associated Press. Oh, that's so great because I love when the news they they won't they won't straight out call someone an asshole. You know what I mean? Like they'll just it's <laughs> the story. Yeah. Right. It's it's just this. It's you can just the biting sarcasm of the voiceover is just so enjoyable. They were found twenty five feet. You know, they, they're like including all these, but some of these people wondered if a nine one one call was necessary. <laughs> Basically, it's just like this lady's. Oh man, and how. I mean, this guy who's married to this woman, he, thank God his name is not, I didn't see it on there. I would definitely mention it on air, but I, I mean, you know, guys in Boston, they'll, they'll bust each other's chops if they see you putting cream in your coffee. Can you imagine this guy coming into work like, oh, hey, here he is. Oh, Devin. Oh, man. You know, I'm surprised they didn't do is like send over a chopper and then like bill her for it. It's like, you want the help? All right. You know, 20 grand to, to airlift yeah. you out of the, the corn maze. Oh yeah. As a taxpayer. I, I would, uh, yeah, screw bailing out the banks. I mean, we're, we're rescuing people from corn mazes. I mean, the, the search and rescue dog must have just been like, are you kidding me? Like, this is... <laughs> he, must have, he must have immediately just been thrown off like, what? I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's hilarious. But, yeah, that, this guy, if he's, like, on a construction site, like, oh, Larry, how, how'd you find your way into work today? Oh, so not some corn in your old spooky corn. Now, there, there must be some weird thing going on between – when sh- the lady went and reached for the 911 call, I, I'm surprised you don't hear the husband in the background, turn that off. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> no, don't ask. Were they just really high? They, they don't sound – I mean, we, we heard the 911 calls. I, I feel like I could, you know, take mushrooms and, and just be on like a million drugs and still find my way out of a corn maze yeah. simply from – uh, Not going to the same way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've ever seen Jeepers Creepers, it could be very frightening being in a corn maze. Yeah, exactly. Or Forrest Gump. <laughs> what? I, I have seen – I feel like moms with babies are pretty quick to get panicky. You know? Right, but that's what I'm saying. Where was – it was a family. Where was the husband in this situation? I mean – He probably didn't let her call the police till like an hour <laughs> exactly. later. She's like, you better let me call the police. I'm yeah. calling. I'm calling now. I mean, you know, guys will get an argument like, I'm not going to stop her directions at a gas station off an interstate, like, let alone a corn maze, call for the search and rescue. Wouldn't the first phone call you would make to be to the people inside the corn maze going, I, I'm insanely embarrassed, but uh, could you come and find us in this corn maze? Well, now I kind of want to go to this corn maze because if, <laughs> if it's that hard, then, you know. By the way, it sounded like a tiny corn maze until the end when they said it was seven acres. It's pretty huge. Yeah, and well, I guess it's a, I guess it's a big corn maze. But then again, they were also twenty five feet from the exit, and it seemed, a, I mean, I would. It sound, didn't sound seven acres. I almost yeah. thought that that was the case. Anyway. And what is what's the worst case scenario here of the corn maze just closed? I mean, I don't, you obviously you can't close a corn maze, but she was. It's getting dark out here. What? I mean, you're in the middle, you're outside of Boston, Massachusetts. It's not like wild coyotes are going to come immediately for you and descend upon you. I, I just said, what is her worst case scenario of being out in the corn maze for another 10 to 15 minutes? But it's also corn. Can't you, like, bust through the walls? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know it's, are... it's not like it's a brick maze. Like, it's... Yeah. It's, I mean, even even a hedge maze, I would give you some consolation there. Hedge the branches might be tough to break through. <laughs> I mean, they make the corn maze by pushing down the stalks of corn. Am I am I wrong? Yeah, yeah you might ruin the corn maze, but hey, <laughs> you know, you're, you'll find your way out. Unless they release like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, like I just what was her? I, I just want to know her fantasy of like, well, where is this? Where is this going? Where she is just a bated breath. That, uh, you know, if she doesn't get out of this corn maze, bad things, spooky things are going to happen. Are there snakes in Boston? I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there's a couple of corn snakes rolling around. Could be possible. <laughs> there's probably bears up there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what kind not, of... There's no corn bears. There's no, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's, no, there's no large game breathing down her neck, put it that way. Man, uh, wow, time is flying. Logan, you want to uh, wrap things up here with a haiku? Let's do it. 
No, I just... Uh... Does Paris love Ed? <laughs> L.A. is great for drinking. Corn maze, idiot. <laughs> Nice work, nice work, Logan. You 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 draw you drew from uh, all the different parts of the show. I'd uh, like to thank you for being a part of the show, Ed. Where can uh, where can people get more Ed Galvez? Uh, you can uh, go to edgalvez.net uh, and you can see his like show dates and whatnot on there, or follow me on Twitter at edgalvez as one word. Um, uh, yeah, I'm trying. All right, and else. Uh, yeah, oh, check and, out and the Fortcast. Uh, Fort, yep, the Fortcast. Sorry, I was calling it the Fort Podcast, but uh, make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out my uh, CD on iTunes, the Whiskey Dick, and get that there in the comedy section. And that's F O R T Cast, right? Yep. Yeah, Fort. Uh, like it is the Fort. Fort Podcast, but just for the website, it's the Fortcast. Fortcast dot com. Okay, and uh, yeah, I'll be playing the Steel Stacks in uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, December twenty second. Uh, you can get the link there for tickets on shantygreen.com, and I'll be at Penn State November 10th, so check that out. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Green Room Podcast. Uh, we do it live here every Thursday on shantygreen.com. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Be sure to check out Sean's stand-up comedy CD, The Whiskey Dick, on iTunes. And follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. Also check out thecomedygaragemovie.com. What he seen her walk by in them tight jeans And he looked at her like that's my queen